Hello, Street Fight family. We're back and better than ever. I just got out of the nut house and I'm happy to be recording again. Thank you for being here, everybody that supports us and what we do. And for those of you that send me the messages, I'm going through like all 100 of them. I will respond. I will follow you back. Uh, thanks for all the love and support. It's been great. Um, Brian has done a good job holding it down uh, while I was gone. But uh, we're here to do the next phase of street fight uh, and shut, prevent some homeless camps from getting shut down and uh, making sh some shit happen for a better tomorrow, as always, uh, with more piss and vinegar than ever before. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We are Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show in any station across the nation. And you know it best. It's on WCRS here in Columbus here. WCRS LPFM. Also, follow Mass Ohio, our local uh, street solidarity group. Um, and they do this free market day that I went to earlier this month and really enjoyed. And I think we're going to be working on doing one of those soon, uh, maybe at Shameless. So uh, the fight is just beginning. One candle can light a thousand. Brian, how are you doing? Good. And for those of you tuning in to hear me address my enemies from the best show, uh, maybe later. Enemies from the best show. I have enemies now. On the best show? With the Tom Sharpling show? <laughs> yeah. Really? They made fun of me on the best show. Oh, no. <laughs> well, they didn't. It wasn't mean. It, Will and Matt were on there uh -huh. last night, and they got to talking, and uh, they told them that I said there's no such thing as a bad cover song. Uh huh. And then they oh. listened to A Change Is Gonna Come by uh, Everlast, uh -huh. which I listened to today, and I think it's pretty fucking good. Right. So... Uh, yeah, they made fun of me for a little bit last night, but that's fine. I'll address that some other time. Okay. You know, my, my enemies in the world of, of cover songs, you're never going to be safe. It's like, I'm, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire for it's every, I'm like, Jesus Christ is what I'm trying to say. I agree. Yeah. We all are. That's what I figured out. I'm a little bit like Jesus Christ. I'm always being crucified for my uh, opinions mm -hmm. and my speech. Uh, it comes to barfing or shitting or. And you forgive them all, right? No. Oh, you no, don't? don't? Oh, you're not here. No, that's not Christ like. I know. Exactly. Christ. If I was Christ, though, mm -hmm. I would have been up on that crucifix like, one, this shit hurts. Two, Fuck you. Yeah, you, you know what I yanked mean? one arm off to flip everybody off. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I just want to, before we get into Brett's stuff, I just want to say, Everlast, A Change Is Gonna Come. Good song. I love it. I'm good. I fucking seriously not trolling. Put it on my playlist and listen to it I'm three excited. times today. Also, what's the other one that people, oh, uh, uh, just Gangsta Rap. Uh, ukulele covers a gangster rap. Good, Ooh. they're fine. No, never. Yeah, they're don't offensive. try. They're trying to trick me offensive. into being a, uh, problematic. But the truth is, in 2007, we were all fucking listening to those things and having a good ass time. True. Yep. So Kid Cudi, still played good. by White Lady. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So uh, it's good to have you back, Brett. Thanks, I we appreciate missed that. you. I know I only did one show without you, and then the other one was a butt fest. And uh, I was scared, buddy. I was scared uh, last Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I got a little scared. And then Wednesday, I got real scared. And uh, I'm glad to see you're good. You seem good. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm going to say right now, if you, I mean, I'm going to be real gritty about everything. So if you don't want to hear about like violence and trauma and shit, then uh, this might be the, be the one for you. Um, but I have to get it out there and what happened and everything. Um, but yeah, essentially, I did like a, 
Well, shit. You, I have to start at the beginning, right? Probably. I mean, wherever you want to start, I, I don't a lot expect of stuff. you to have to do anything. No, it's a lot of stuff to say. I don't know the, the how it is. So basically what happened um, is what happened? All right. I'll start off with the three dabs. This is the story of the three dabs. Okay. Back in 2018, um, I did a dab, super huge dab. I was reading that book, The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. I was over at my buddy Alex's house, who we always have really good conversations. And he kind of he kind of gets the emotion and shit going because we're so like dialed in. It kind of becomes like religious fervor in a way. Um, so I hit this huge dab. I float into space. I don't feel my body anymore. I see an image of Christ. I see an image of Buddha. And then I come back. Then I go in my car. I dap him up, leave. And I go in my car and I just start fucking weeping and crying so hard i remember that. and i go home tell erica i said i don't want to be fucking mad at anything anymore and i started crying in front of her um later on when i started saying i was having trouble um myself erica was like are you going to leave me and that kind of made me close the door on my heart because it was like i was talking about how i feel mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with you you know mm -hmm. um so the second dab is the second dab was during the pandemic and <clears throat> Once again, me and Alex are talking about, can't believe this is happening, what's going on, all this shit. Um, we get, I get to my exit, and for the first time, there's a person asking for money at every single exit. And I'm looking around, and my grandma's house is a block away, and where I live, my, my, my elementary school is like a half mile away. I'm back in my home, and I just have this profound feeling that the, any of these kids, or any of these people on the street could be the kids from my classes. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I remember there's a kid named Nikos that came to school one time and he had the he was his hand had been burned on the stove. His mom put his hand on yeah. the fucking hot stove. Yeah. And like I sat with him that whole day and like just talked to him about it and shit and kind of was there aware of him, you know. And then the same thing with like there was a kid named Karan who was the even I hated it because the fucking teachers called him the bad kid. You know, the, even the yeah. teachers, the teachers brought my mom aside and said, Brett's hanging out with all the bad kids in mm -hmm. class. I was, I was giving him the answer. Same shit happened with. Yeah, I, was, I know that feeling. I was telling him what to do. And then I was telling him how to get stuff. But I remember he came in in a shirt one time. I've, I know I've said this before, but his shirt said like, fuck me, do me, slap me. And it was just people having sex all over his shirt. A six-year-old kid. I'm, yeah, I understand. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of neglect that they didn't even notice what shirt they right. sent their kid out right. in, you know? So I once again start bawling again because I'm like, what the fuck? How is this happening? You know? Yeah. Um. So I, then... Go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was going to say like, I... I tend to hope, I mean, you know, we have kids, so we get to see stuff that uh, teachers aren't classifying kids as bad kids anymore. Although who knows, fucking maybe they are, but it happens. That, I mean, that's the city, the, the whole society runs on bad kids because everyone can say they're not a bad kid. They can feel good, you know? Yeah. That's the whole hierarchy well, of everything. No bad kid thinks they're a bad kid either. That's I mean, true. I fucking didn't discover I was a bad kid until I was a fucking adult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. until I was in my, my late mid to late thirties, I was kind of like, I don't know. I was always seemed like a good person, you know, but I was a total fucking asshole and yeah. I was always doing bad shit. And just a questioning authority constantly whenever it showed its face, basically. Yeah. 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 And just, just even being like, just unopen, not open to, to just not being open to seeing anything other than the way that I s see stuff. Like uh -huh. really, really, I think sort of fucked me up, but yeah, man, I, you know, I'll say this. I, I want to say this when you bring up the bad kid thing is like, um, I talked about a kid we grew up with on the show on Sunday that 
he's dead now, uh, but he had stolen our Nintendo from us, and uh, he he just he went to jail like yeah. a million fucking times, and and uh, uh, you know we would always just hang out with him still because he had that jail cachet, so he would steal from our house, but we would still be his friend. Sure, you know well, it's not your stuff. Who cares? Yeah, well, the Nintendo. Oh, the Nintendo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would be pissed about Yeah, you steal my fucking Nintendo. That's I should have wanted that's a bop him to in die. the no- bop on the nose. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, man, that kid, that kid though got left to. He's dead now because nobody cared about him. But that's I I hate to say shit like that, but yeah. like he's dead now because nobody was like, hey, why is this guy stealing stuff? You know what I'm mean? like? Nobody yeah. did that. And, and, you know, he's the guy I told you a story about. We would go to his house and his fucking dad had a pile of Playboys on the God, right in the living room on mm-hmm. the goddamn fireplace that we would just sit there and leaf through. So it was always like, and, you know, he stole his dad's gun and we went and shot at one time. It was just this thing where it's like, there, you're right when you say that there are a ton of people out there that just, they're not even given a chance. They don't even get. They're not even giving a shot. Yeah, that's who I was locked up with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was locked up with people that were like doing an eight ball of cocaine a day and people that have been up for 14 hours on meth, people doing speed balls with fentanyl and meth and shit. Like, Mm -hmm. it was so funny when I told them why I was there. They're like, you're fucking shitting me. They brought you in here for that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you hang out with a bunch of soft people. Yeah. We're all a bunch of fucking softies. Dude, I was right in it, though, dude. I was so ghetto in there. Because that's where I came from, I realized. Because I recognized all these people. And I was talking like I was in middle school again. Like, saying, like, hey, big bro, let me get at you. Shit like that. Just stupid stuff from, from middle school. It was like, I just felt back with all the bad kids in class. Um, And it was, I mean... I was admit I was a model student. I got I had to go five days instead of three because I had two fucking outbursts. Um, the first outburst was the second night I was there. I'm asleep. I had just gotten to sleep. It was like three in the morning. Someone comes in at five in the morning to take blood for me. I had no idea what was going on. He comes in silently, grabs my arms, jabs me with a needle, and I scream, "What the fuck!" <laughs> at the top of my lungs. So I didn't get my pink card that day. And then the other one was we were in there. I hear, like, in the middle of the night, I hear, you know those, like, doors that have the push bar on them? Yes. Like, someone's going, and I'm like, are they going in and out of the door? What's happening? So I go back to bed, and all of a sudden, my lights start going, someone's coming, someone strobes my my lights. Yeah. And I'm like, I hear what sounds like a fucking war happening outside. It just sounds like Tasmanian devil shit, tumbling, shit flying everywhere. And I peek my head outside and I see my dude, Aaron, this like 50 year old, like crackhead dude that is going to get clean now. I hope I'm going to work on helping him with that, but he's a cool guy. Uh, I got actually, you know what, Jake, take his name out. Cause everybody has to be Terry for this. I can't say anybody's names. It's, it's not fair. So everybody's Terry. Um, anyways, I saw him out there. It was, it was on the fucking loudspeaker. They thought that me and my roommate were fighting because in another part of the, the, the building, there was a, someone was on the intercom and a fucking fight broke out. And so it was just broadcasting a fight over the fucking loudspeakers. And yeah. that's when I screamed, what the fuck again, too. Why were they broadcasting it over? They thought someone it was, was you? No, I, no, someone was on the phone on the intercom and a patient went up and grabbed the phone and started like a fucking tussle. So all you could hear was people fighting over a phone and like bodies just slamming on each other. It was fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking wild. That is fucking crazy. I can't believe guys were fighting in there. Dude, there was so there was something every day that someone would throw shit at somebody, throw something at somebody. Uh, I saw this fucking there was this annoying ass fucking army dude in there. 
uh, he would come out to smoke break and he was like, who was in the military? Who was in the military? Who was in the military? And this guy goes, uh, I was, he's like, where? And he goes, I was in 34th district, da, da, da. And he's like, where? And he goes, I trained. And he just, he goes, where? And he just keeps saying, where? And he's huge. He's like six, four and probably 300 pounds. And that dude ended up, someone ended up elbowing him in the stomach and he fucking shoved him off the ground. He bounced this old ass dude like right off the pavement. <laughs> His glasses splattered and broken everything. It was fucking wild. Just military. Of course, a military guy is one oh, yeah. of the biggest pains in the ass. Oh, in yeah. The whole place. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. So my third dab, this is the longest of the long story because it's all new stuff. So this, there's a, this is a series of weird occurrences that led me to go what I call sane instead of insane. Um, but so like on my birthday, Last year when I turned 37, um, I did a bag of cocaine secretly and I got those fucking welts over in my body. Just out of nowhere, every time I did cocaine, it gave me these huge fucking welts everywhere. Okay. Scratchy, itchy welts. So I gave it up. I was like, all right. Allergic to coke? Yeah, we're done with that. Uh, Done with that one. Um, And then I lived this, I did the summer stuff and, you know, I did a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know. I was not, I ghosted some people. I was not very good at relationships. I did all right. I met Rachel. That was good. But, um, I made it all the way to December and that was when I got COVID and I drank a whole bottle of Jameson and I did that show, which is the worst show I've ever done. The most negative fucking show. Oh, come on. And that's not the worst. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of bad ones. (laughs) So yeah. Thank you, Josh and Lucian for, uh, reminding me to uh, check myself before I wreck myself. I appreciate that. (laughs) They did. Um, So then this is leading up to uh, this month, this new app, whatnot came out, you know, I'm talking about the live auction. Oh yeah. So when I was in my twenties, I did a ton of fucking psychedelics because my parents were the angriest fucking people in the world. And I just wanted to clean everything out, all the cobwebs. And I started reading books on Buddhism. I started reading books on, witchcraft on you know psychic abilities i read books about quantum physics like the elegant universe i read book about thermodynamics i was just like what's the fucking answer i read the whole bible i was like what's the fucking answer and at that time i had a a ebay store that i ran called relatively unknown and it was called relatively unknown because i loved that concept because street fight is relatively unknown you know there's like ask anybody on the street who's street fight radio i don't know thirty thousand people that were going to say oh i love those fucking guys you know so we're relatively unknown. I love that concept. Well, once I started finding these estate sales that I could resell shit and make shit loads of money, um, I kept rolling with that. And I start, I called it relatively unknown co. And I felt like that was the last thing I needed to put in place because it was relatively unknown company and on whatnot, it's a live stream. And when I'm selling shit on there, everybody is talking to each other. And now they went from relatively unknown company to very known company, you know, making connections and stuff. And that's what street fight does too. So that's like a, was like a guiding force for me. Um, and so the other thing I had to do, I think, um, in this world before I could get past my shit was I had to take the medicine because I denied like science being able to, to fix my brain. I thought I had to think my way out of it. I thought that I was like a little spirit inside of my head that can convince myself Bro, otherwise. You know? I did too until I was like 26. So I, I'm with you. Man. And so I thought, yeah, but also I couldn't afford fucking insurance. I understand. I, I, yeah, 20 to 30. I, I didn't have insurance because I couldn't fucking afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I got lucky because you know, I was working at the cable company, so I had pretty good insurance and I went to the doctor and they were just like, take these pills. And I was like, you know what? 
<laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I gotta do something, you know? Yeah. And then you, if you remember, I was on those, I was 26 and I was on those pills until like, I think 2018 when I had nope. to switch yeah, before we went on tour yeah. shit, because I was going absolutely fucking insane. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to, I, I have to mention this before we go into the next thing. I have not had an anxiety attack since all this happened. Wow. Ketamine. You, you did it again? Or no, I haven't done it. Lingering but effect. It, it, it ha I haven't had an anxiety attack at all. And like, this is the kind of thing that would have fucking sent me barreling down a fucking just you know an insane person crying when he walks around town <laughs> yeah yeah i get it but yeah yeah go ahead um i was talking about whatnot you were and so the relatively unknown thing so then i took the wellbutrin and the drinking fell off very quickly like i didn't really need beer anymore because it's a dopamine thing and i was like this is awesome. Like notice that too. My I drink. That. Yeah. My, dr I have an app called drink control and I have, I drank once this month. It was at the wrestling show. So that's like right. my thing. I'm not in a C I'm not into asceticism where you abstain from everything. I'm into pure pleasure. That's what I'm into. Yeah. brother. Uh, <laughs> but like not drinking by myself, you know, only, only drinking when we're, when it's an occasion and not drinking anymore. Because when I was on vacation with ocean city with, with uh, Rachel, uh, I drank too much. So we became friends with the bartenders like everywhere we went and they like slid us free shots and stuff. And I had way more than I usually do. And I remember Rachel one time was like, you ordered, I've never seen you like this before. I was like slurring and stumbling and I was just like, so, so fucking weird. And I went upstairs and I said, I want to have sex. And she said, no. And I respected it, but I, <laughs> this is a horrible thing. You never do it. Don't, don't pout. You can't pout <laughs> when someone says you're too drunk to have sex. And that's yeah. what I did. But then we, she thought I was just an asshole, but then we thought we read about Wellbutrin and saw that it can like fucking make you black out way easier, you yeah. know? So I don't know. I'm a one beer guy. And then I'm going to drink like a bunch of uh, non-alcoholics after that. Yeah. And I think actually something to going towards the future, I want to talk to that, the dry mill, which is a sober bar in town. Yeah, I want to do right. wrestling. Dude, we should do wrestling watch party. There because <laughs> I don't think people would go to that one, but my, all my buddies from the nut house will. <laughs> That's good. They have mocktails. You don't have to have alcohol. It's like, it's fancy. Co you can pay $14 for a drink that doesn't fuck you up. or isn't poison. <laughs> yeah. I don't if know. If you like elderberries and shit, they've got, they put cucumbers in there and shit. Okay. All right. They got non-alcoholic non beer too. Look into her. Right. Um, so we're on the third one. Did I, I said that, okay. I, uh, I believe. So what happened just to, to wrap it up that bottle of whiskey thing at the end of the day, I just said, I wish I wouldn't wake up tomorrow. Like on the Christmas day around there, I was like, I finally said in my mind, I hope I don't fucking wake up. You know, I feel like I died at that time because I was just so overwhelmed and so crazy off COVID crazy off whiskey. It was awful. So this leads to, and I don't want you to get mad at me. It's not, it's not about you, Brian, but uh, you do teach me. You're one of my greatest teachers, of course, uh, not just of patience. Um, so come to, when did I start doing this? I started listening to Terrence. Uh, I started listening to, um, fuck, uh, the Duncan Trussell happy family hour. Yeah. His Joe Rogan's buddy, but yeah. he has a lot of, uh, he has a lot of Buddhist teachers on there and things like that. Um, but he opens every single, he opens every single episode with Hare Krishna. And so I, I looked up what Hare Krishna was and 
it is the female version of God. So like when you say Hare Krishna, it's like the sound is supposed to purify and get rid of like the toxic maleness of the world, you know? So I started saying it and every time I thought I was going to do something, if I ever thought I just said the Hare Krishna prayer in my head instead. And what happens is we came and did that show. We came and did that show, the one where you were trying to make fun of swingers, right? I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, sure you're trying to make, make fun, fun of, swingers. of swingers. And I couldn't articulate it well, but I wanted to say that I think it's cool and I would like to see my partner have a crazy good orgasm. And I'm not that attached to my body in that way, but I felt uncomfortable saying that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then the, show, the week after that, we do the show. And before wrestling, I had to go and pick up an auction. And on the way up there, I'm saying, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, 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 Hari, Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hari, Hari. I'm saying that in my mind, I'm muttering it in my mouth. And I walk up, and so I'm present in the moment. And the lady's like, hey, what's your number? I give it to her, and she's like, oh, you got the black glass? And I was like, yeah, it's sick. It's so awesome. She's like, what other colors do you collect? And I'm like, well, pink is hot. Avocado green is hot. Um, she's like, do you do uranium? I was like, yup, yup, yup. And so we just get talking about stuff and I'm telling her, I'm like, I'm 38 and I'm trying to convince people my age that they can buy antiques and old stuff from these rich people's houses. They have all the nice stuff and we can repurpose all this shit because a fucking, a fucking polar bear statue from target that's $25 versus like a lead crystal antique for 15. I mean, why waste the money? Why make new shit? There's so much shit. Like in my perfect world, no money. If there was no money, we would just go take someone's house, tear it down, move it to somewhere where you can grab whatever you want. That's what I feel like. So then I said, I mentioned whatnot and her two dudes are like, oh yeah, whatnot, man. I'm there on there all the time. I'm on there all the time. I'm buying comic books, buying all this, you know? And then she's like, why do you, where do you sell? And I was like, I sell on eBay mostly. I said, my goal is really, I'm putting all my money towards a house down payment because I want to have a house for my daughter and me. And also so I can play music as loud as I fucking want to and uh, garden and shit. And she's like, well, Brett, you know what? I'm a realtor too. I'm a head to tail operation. These people die. I gut it. I get all their stuff together. Um, I, got, uh, I got the house sale. And I'll tell you what, I have a basement full of thousands of glass pieces. And uh, I think if you could, if you could do them, if you could sell them on whatnot, or we could work out a deal, I'm going to get you a house. And then oh. she was like, and her over there is going to give you the best home, home warming gift you'll ever get. And it's her, hurts her mom, old lady. who's going to be this huge smile and like two thumbs up. And I'm like, fuck, this is a good ass fucking day so far. And then uh, we go to wrestling and wrestling was fun. And I'm going to say, I'm not, I'm, this is, I love wrestling all with all my heart, but there was this moment when we were watching and it was, who's the hip hop dudes versus the ass boys the acclaimed. It was the acclaimed versus the ass boys. Now, for those of you that don't watch wrestling, there was a wrestler in the nineties named Billy Gunn, the ass man. He has two sons. They're the ass boys, right? Yeah. So I was doing hard. I started also wearing my mask because I realized that it is the ultimate symbol of showing you care for everyone. It's the ultimate symbol to say, I care about everybody's life. And also I think because it makes us anonymous, that's why they don't want us to wear them too. That's why the, the right is so bad about it. Because if we're all mask wearing helpers, um, they're fucked, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, we're watching that and we get to this part where they're about to throw the ass boys in a fucking garbage can and everyone's chanting, ass boy ass boy and i had got super uneasy in that moment and i was like 
I can't imagine like a gay guy or a queer person, most of them coming and seeing something like this and feeling like it's welcoming at all. Cause this seems like a high school fucking fight picking on the queer kids, you know, saying ass boys. Well, uh, I mean, it's not that it's, but it looks, it is, it's a, it's a whole crowd of people chan- taunting ass boy. Yeah. But it's coming from a place of like, I guess I can't explain. I'm not going to explain it on the air, but it's not coming from a, a nasty place. I didn't say it was. I'm just saying I was, my, my queerness was offended. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I did, I'm cool with it. It just inside of me made me realize like s- some shit about myself, like sexuality and shit. Okay. Um, so the next day I go to do my, I go to, to, this is my third dad. I go to Alex, my dude. We're talking for a super long time because we've been doing a bunch of shit together. And, uh, I tell, started telling the story. I was like, man, wrestling was so tight, but there was this really weird moment. Um, and where they were chanting ass boy. And I felt offended as a queer person. And I said it to him. And it's the first time I'd ever said that out loud. And it was like the same way that I had to take the medicine I was, I was the most, I was afraid. The one of the things I'm most afraid of was being like a fucking faggot for my whole life. That's like what is pushed on people. Um, I've been called that before. Um, I, I, I'll be a, you know, Tom and Felix call people cocksuckers. I think cocksuckers are great. I would suck a cock. I don't think that it's a a derogatory term at all. It just makes you look stupid and hateful. Uh, but I, you're allowed to get, I understand it. I understand. I don't, not offended, but this, this awoke inside of me and awoke all these feelings inside of me. So I take my dab and then I go in my car and I start to drive to go pick up auction stuff. And then the crying just comes so fast. I'm just weeping, weeping, weeping. And then I say to myself, I'm weeping, weeping, weeping. Then I see Christ. I'm, I don't, I don't see them. I feel like I'm in Congress with Christ, Buddha. Okay. And then Ananda, Ananda was one of Buddha's first disciples and cousin that told him to let women get enlightened because Siddhartha Gautama did not allow women to seek enlightenment. He's a fucking asshole. You know, then I saw Kuan Yin who is the genderless Bodhisattva that says they will be reborn a million times until every soul achieves enlightenment. Um, and then I fucking waterworks, 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 just fucking everywhere. And I said in my house, I said inside my mind, I want to be alive. And then I said out loud, I want to be alive. And then I fucking screamed at the top of my lungs, I want to be alive. And so I'm driving. I call Rachel immediately. I'm like, babe, shit's happening. You saw some of that weird shit earlier. I'm going through all of it. I'm explaining everything, everything. And then I'm going to get off the exit. And this woman comes running into the road off the freeway exit, waving her arms. And I stop. I said, all right. I, I said, hold on a second. Someone needs something. And so let me get a moisture in there. <clears throat> and so what happens is she comes up to the window and she says, sir, sir, I'm from California. I have two kids. I don't have anywhere to go. Can you please, would you buy this ring from me? And she pulls out the fattest fucking gold ring. Like it had the slits and everything in it. Um, and I was like, no, 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 no. And I just took a hundred dollars out of my wallet and I was on the way to see the weed man. So I had $600 total in my wallet, take a hundred out and I give it to her. And she goes, we still buy the ring for $50. And I said, no, sell it to the next dumbass that will take that deal. And I grabbed all the money in my wallet and I put it in her fucking hand. And I was like, I love you. I hope things get better. And I drove away. And this, that began the whole mania state. Basically that made me feel like there was some sort of, cause this is what I've done my whole life. When I was in Dallas, we were leaving this really bougie concert on the greens. 
And there was this old black man fucking crying his eyes out on the street and people are walking past him. And I was like, yo, dude, are you okay? Why are you crying? And he's like, please, I've been here for a half hour. I got hit by a bus and no one will fucking look at me. And he's weeping, weeping, weeping. I'm like, fuck this. And I grab all my bougie friends and I'm like, all right, we're going to go. We're going to get this guy where he needs to fucking go. This is what we're doing. We're not partying tonight. And I was like, stay here. We'll come back. And when I came back, he was fucking gone. And so I like always regretted that. It was weird. And then even three months ago, I was at Rachel's place and I walked, opened the door and I held the door open for this 90 year old man. And he just turns around. I said, Hey, how are you doing? And he just turns very slowly and looks at me and he says, I killed a man in the war in Korea. And I was like, Oh damn, that's tough. And he was like, but you know, I had been shot too, but I stabbed him before he could get to me. And I was going in shock. And he goes into this whole fucking war story. He tells me everything about his life. He tells me he was a bookie in the, in the 80s and stuff. And he was like, all this shit. He confesses his whole fucking life to me. And I was like, went to Rachel. And I was like, all right, sorry. I got caught up in a 45-minute confessional with somebody. <laughs> so, um, so basically what happened after that, once that lady said for the ring, because there is a famous story about the Buddha where, or I'm sorry, Siddhartha Gautama, who... Uh, He's some old lady said, Buddha, I love you so much. Take my gold ring, take my gold watch. And he has it. And there's this fucking asshole in town. That's the biggest jerk. And he knows that the Buddha cannot hang on to anything. So he walks right up to him and says, Hey Buddha, give me that shit. And he hands it right over. And his disciples are like, why would you give into that fucking mean guy? And the Buddha says, because for one moment he was satisfied for one moment. He felt, he felt like he got one over on me. He's going to be living on that. He's going to be happy, you know, it's spreading happiness in the weirdest way, you know? Yeah. So then what happened from there? This is when it gets downhill. And this is a really fun part. I start only saying the Hare Krishna prayer. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. And I'm doing like karate and shit and fucking yoga in my house. That's and I, a, this is where I came. <laughs> yeah. And I stayed up for 36 hours, but I stay, I did a whole ceremony overnight because I felt I, one of my things is I felt that Yoruba, which is a, uh, the people of Nigeria, they have only, they have over like 400 deities. And then so does like Asgard and all of like the Viking shit. They have Einjahar, um, which are in that game Valkyrie profile that I was telling you about that made me flip too. Um, so I was like, I was saying it, I was dancing. I would go, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari, Hari. And I was like dancing and moving in such weird way. I was like so wiggly because Hari, Krishna, Rama. Hari is female. Krishna is God. That's kid. Krishna is the light, the, everything that exists. It's the Buddha too. It's all of everything. Like in quantum physics, it's the way that we're all a big soup, you know, that, that we're mostly empty and all of that. There's just a little bit of something in every atom to differentiate it from the others. So Krishna is that. Rama is pleasure. So what I was doing is waving my hands and trying to spread divine female pleasure to like clarify, to cleanse rooms and shit like that. And when okay. I went in public, I was praying for people and listen, 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 I went and picked, um, I started to go berserk and I was like, you know what? I have to find my fucking beads. All of a sudden I felt like I had to have these. I needed Jot Mala beads. I was like, this will help do it. And so I decided to drive to the Buddhist center and it's not even a Buddhist center. What's it called? It's such a farce. Oh God, horrible stuff. All these religions lock everything up in a church and tell you you have to go there, but it's only, it's inside of you. It's not anything else. That's what they hid in the Bible. That's what the, everything is about. Um, 
I don't know the Buddhist center. I, you'll, you won't believe this, but I've never been. Okay. <laughs> I'm calling you out because you had a brand new ugly ass building that was thrown into a poor neighborhood. You said no cops, no, you know, so you said no loitering, no this, no that. There was rules fucking everywhere. No, only would let certain people in and shit. And it was like, fuck y'all, this is stupid. So I go there, it's locked. It wasn't even open. And, and there was a Gautama statue there. I prayed to it, said the Hare Krishna. Um, then I was like, I'm going to, cause I kept having these things happen in threes. So I'm like, I'm going to skip the second one and go straight to the third one, which was the Shambhala, which is like a Thai meditation center. It was locked up too. And there wasn't open. Then I had to go pick up Charlotte. We stopped it. And I just said the Hare Krishna under my breath and grabbed the stuff that I felt like was mine. I got this fucking badass like Native American feather sword thing <laughs> that I was playing with. And uh, I got beads and I got some amethyst. And I went home and I started just doing fucking rituals. I just kept saying it and letting my body move where it moved. And I built like shrines one to 13 of like the 13 iterations of everything. And like the beginning, I had like a whole fucking stage play planned basically yeah. for like explaining the beginning of everything and how nothing ever dies. Because what came to my mind was that there's two mathematics in this world. The Cartesian plane has a zero man created zero because that's how things in this world work. In, in uh, the metaphysical world, in uh, the cosmic soup, there is no zero. Zero does not exist in the mathematics of quantum, quantum physics. You can't find a zero wherever you look in this world. So there is something in everything. Um, and I began to think that something was Kalki. Kalki is a Hindu god, the 10th iteration of Vishnu, and supposed to be the one that brings peace to everyone on Earth. And so what I started to say is like, well, you're not a fucking Messiah. Don't think you're a Messiah. And then I was like, everybody can be Kalki. Like everybody can, I can, I died. I felt like my, all of my troubles died because I, this is real, real, but I kept returning to dark places to do those acts, to just cleanse myself of that. And that's why I was cheating all the time because I needed that thrill and I needed to have a place where it was fun and it wasn't something bad and, and harmful, you know? And then also when I was in middle school, I watched one of my teachers get the fucking shit beat out of him. And I was one of the people that pulled him off. When I was in sixth grade, this kid got mad at the teacher and just started fucking wailing on her. And me and my dudes went and yanked him off as fast as we could. So I am was mortally wounded from that. And I'm not going to start calling myself Kalki. I'm still Brett Payne. But I think that he's at peace now because he doesn't have to worry about that shit anymore. And I can be in the moment and I don't have to reinforce that stuff and react the way that I was taught. I can break free of my training and join the here and the now. And the more I do it, the more rewards I get. Another woman that I talked to, she might be Baba Yaga or spiritually some parts of Baba Yaga. Uh, she was like, I've got these like $10,000 diamonds. I can't sell in Columbus because no one goes to an antique mall in Columbus and sells a $10,000 fucking diamond necklace. She's talking to me about eBay and I'm like, well, eBay got it. You, be, you can do it easy on eBay. Everything sells. She's like, I hate the fucking people on there. So then I message her and ask her, I was like, Hey, do you want to list your stuff in my eBay store? And you're right near me so I can sell it. So we set up this, we're going to set up this thing where I sell her shit and I'll be making money. I don't have to touch. She has it. I'll just make money off of it. So like all of these riches and all these wonderful things have come to me. And this is what happened with street fight too, at the beginning, because I had the same kind of fire and the same kind of openness to like anything is possible, anything is possible, anything is possible. But you know what made us most, what got us where we were is taking care of other people, you know, by putting people like Matt and Felix and, and uh, Will on, 
You know, we weren't selfish with our fame and we found people we liked that weren't getting looked at and they get a hundred thousand dollars a month, which I'm not jealous of. I'm happy that they were saying, Hey, we came from street fight because we would have nothing without that. And it wasn't because we were our hard work and dedication. It was just because we shared like our platform with somebody. And I really think what I found is I know in this world, what I've done the most, I've never tried at fucking anything and I've succeeded. And I have had the coolest clothes. I have the best car. I have the best fucking life ever. It's only because I ever made time for homeless people and for people that are sick and for people that are distressed. And I think that it's, it just gets millions of fortunes. Ooh, also, let me tell you another one. Uh, we went to, uh, so I got my, I got my beads. I got all that stuff. I'm feeling crazy. I'm like, okay, Charlotte, let's go to Dave and Buster's. Okay. <laughs> we go there. I'm wearing the mask. I'm saying the Hare Krishna underneath the mask. And I go to the SpongeBob game and it has all eight cars are sitting on the ledge. And I'm like, Charlotte, watch this. And I start saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And I'm just nailing these things. And then all eight cards spill down. And I get eight out of nine. I thought I thought it was only eight, but it was supposed to be nine. So what I do is I walk to one of the tech and I'm like, hey, uh, when do those plankton cards come out? And she's like, I don't know. They're all in the machine. We don't keep any in the back or anything like that. I'm like, cool, no worries. I then go to have a seat, me and Charlotte eat, and the guy comes up and he's like, are you charging your power cards today? And I was like, no, we already paid, but there's a card I'm looking for, that Plankton one that from SpongeBob. And I give him like a big smile and he's like, oh, okay, okay, I'll see what I can do. Um, and he comes back and he's like, okay, so I talked to the tech, she pulled it, she flipped through the deck, pulled it out of the machine, put one in there for you, you gotta win it yourself. And I'm like, perfect. So I leave the table, I go, I win a plankton and wouldn't you know it, the next card that comes out of the slot is another fucking plankton. So you won two plankton. Yes. And so I got all nine. I got 3000 cards, 3000 coins. I've never done it before. I've never gotten all the cards. Me and Rachel played a bunch. So what I did is I went, I gave them like a hundred dollar tip. I just left a hundred dollars for those people. And uh, they came up afterwards and were so gracious. Like they were just like, oh my God, that's so fucking awesome. Thank you. They asked me to fill out a survey about them. I did like a five-star review and everything, all that shit. Um, Jeez, so then you know, I feel bad. I got asked to fill out a survey today and the lady was really nice. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. And then I threw the receipt away. Yeah. So now I'm a real piece of shit. You should do it. It doesn't take that much time. Oh, wow. But now, so then what happened is I was doing ceremonies. Like I, I was, when it was midnight, I had that like crow feather thing in front of my face, like guarding my face. And I was moving and like, just like you would see like those people in India do. I was just going, Holy Krishna. And I was stealing items out of the dark and putting them in my, in my fucking shrine room and shit. Uh, it was fucking wild. It was fucking it sounded, awesome. It was I so mean, that cool. part, that part I did hear about and it sounded very wild. That is, I was doing, I was doing, we panicked. I was doing like, yeah, I was doing shit that. like that. Heard about that. <laughs> yep. Hundred hand slap and shit. Heard about all that stuff. I was saying, look, so then I had like my, my, my right hand, the right hand of Fatima, uh, or the, the Hamsa is for protection. So I have the light bracelet on there. This is the destructive hand. So I have the chain to keep it from being destructive. I was saying my sword is a feather. My sword is a feather. No one will be harmed. My sword is a feather. My sword is a feather. And then I came up with this crazy idea to get camp shameless because I was like, we can stop camp shameless. If there's 800 idiots like me willing to dance the Kalki, what are they going to fucking do? How is it going to look when the police beat the shit out of people? You know? Sure. Well, I mean, they'll still do it. They would. They, You're a defeatist cop. I Stop. Am, you have to try. You should only try. You should but, only uh, try. Not yeah. give up. But yeah. yeah. 
So Eve Six said they're in. Uh, Chapo said they were in. We can throw like a block party of the fucking year at Camp Shameless. Okay. <laughs> well, we yeah. When did they say they were in? When I texted them. Okay. Yeah. That I you probably want to. <laughs> they said yeah. They said know. yes. Why? I mean, I didn't. I wasn't talking crazy. Nobody saw this. I did the show. I was praying Hari Christian when I did the show. Right. Some people noticed because I was like so stiff. A lot of people noticed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I, that's, I was normal in the world, I promise. I wasn't doing any shit. Okay. And then Erica came over. I told her most of it. And then she brought Sarah. And Sarah wanted me to throw me in the clink. Uh, so I went. And fuck, man. Hospitals are fucking horrible, dude. Fucking yeah. horrible, man. They, they threw me in a fucking room. And I felt like the whole time it was provocation. They had the door open. They wouldn't come see me. They had nothing to fucking do in there. The water was turned off. Um, I got so fed up with these people. I started fucking with them so hard. Um, this fake ass person had a fucking Hamsa earrings. And I was like, Oh, Hamsa, do you say the prayer? Do you know the prayer? And she's like, I don't know what it is. I just thought they were cool. So she comes in, checks me a couple times. I'm like, can I get some food? And she brings me a, she brings me a uncrustable and a cheese stick. And I look her in the face and I say, when does the care begin? And she says, what do you mean? I said, when does the care begin? Because I've been in this room for eight hours. You bring me garbage to eat. You put the garbage on the TV. What am I? You take away my water. When does anybody care about what the fuck is going on? Why with they me? take does, your water? They don't. The faucet wasn't working. Oh, okay. The faucet wasn't working. Okay. So then I said that to her. She was like, "I'm fucking done with you," and she skated. So then I lean my head out and I see the dude, and I'm like, "Hey, can I get a pillow?" And he's like, "We don't have pillows here." And then I hit him with the question, "How do people rest here?" And he's like, "Uh." uh i can i can get you a rolled up blanket and i was like oh good perfect he ends up bringing me a pillow um then another guy he was like do you want more water and i was like when would i want less water True. <laughs> i was like the point. body runs on water don't ask just fill you know you don't have to think that's something you don't have to think about you're too much doctor brain you're too fucking in your head just fill the water up and he was like well the water can make you vomit and i was like is the water poison how can the water make you vomit they thought i was on drugs God. They thought yeah. I was on like Fetty or something. I don't know. Like, I don't. So uh, I was going to have withdrawals were, on yeah. withdrawals. I was way too animated. Then the fucking nurse comes to take my temperature and she's like, your blood pressure is a little high. And I was like, you think those tigers at the zoo have a higher blood pressure than the ones running free on the savannah? Okay. <laughs> I fucking sliced them to pieces. I fucking hated them. That place was shit. Um, and they're stuck in their fucking paperwork and their stupid insurance codes and they can't take care of anybody and i don't blame them at all i know they want to and they do their best but and they follow protocols but it's such a bizarre fucking system I, I was like can i use the restroom and she was like oh i just i just mopped out here and i was like i can walk over that and she's like i just mopped out here i'm like so the floor is more important than my needs and she was just like fuck you then the bathroom they yeah. wouldn't let you go to the bathroom they wouldn't let me go to the bathroom oh my god <laughs> oh my god and so then i started then i had some weird occurrence <clears throat> I started saying the prayer and I saw this guy walk by and I swore he like did his finger like this, like run out the door. And I was like, no, do not run. That's not a sign. That is not a fucking sign. Then I walk past and this dude, this cool dude with like dreads walks by and he looks at me and he does one of these. And I'm like, do not fucking run out the door. Do not fucking run out the door. And then the next person that comes in is my nurse and they're taking me to get like an MRI. So then they laid me down. Why did they take you to get an MRI? To kill the rest of Brett Payne's soul that was in me. I don't know. I don't get like they thought I was because I pissed clean. I I, don't, I didn't have it. I only had weed. They said I was a mild weed user. 
<laughs> they don't know shit about shit. Yeah, they were um, wrong about that. But I mean, but I think they, I, they thought I had because like people with like brain, brain tumors, yeah, yeah, brain tumors okay. and shit grow and make people get wild, you know. Yeah, why would they? I mean, I, I don't. Well, actually, I don't know because I know when they dropped you off, they just dropped you off. You know what I mean? No, they put me in a stretcher. No, no, no. I'm saying that when when you got dropped off, you got dropped off. It wasn't like they were staying. We were. I didn't take you, but the people that I went to the grocery store actually right across the street nice. and said, "If he, let me know when he gets there." <laughs> but uh, they, because uh, I needed to get some stuff at the, I needed to get some candy and a few other things. Very um, important. It is. It's very important to me. Uh, and I just said, uh, when he's at the hospital, call me. And uh, they called. And I was like, all right, well, and I think they just dropped you off. So yeah, there wasn't really anybody explaining anything, I think, to them. But I don't think any of us actually knew what was going on. Like, I was, I don't know, man. I was incredibly fucking confused. I'm out of acid. entire thing. I'm out of acid. I wasn't on shrooms. And I was like, I was confused by it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean... But they said something about religion and I was like, I don't fucking know. I'm not religious. I don't know anything. I don't know what you want me to fucking know, man. Yeah. I, you know, cause I, they had contacted me and I said, I don't know. I don't fucking know, I don't know anything about what's going on at all. But uh, then me and Jason drove over there when yeah. you, when you texted us right before we were supposed to record, I jumped in the car and drove, we jumped in a car and drove over to your house and, you know, that was when, that's when you had left. And then sure. the next, everybody thinks it happened on Thursday, but it happened on Wednesday. And then Thursday, you got your phone and told everybody I was a, a pig. Yeah. They said her pigs. And I was like, damn, I, I didn't fucking do anything. Your name was mentioned. Right. Yeah. I was outside. Yeah. During the uh, period where it was like, uh, let's. We got to do something that, about this. That was good because I got my phone taken away immediately. Yeah, because I called. Yeah, I figured you did. I was like, uh, you got a patient here that uh, is uh, posting online and it could be bad for him later. And they were like, all right, bye. Click. Yeah. <laughs> hung up. Yeah. Somebody told me, somebody was like, they heard about me. Someone was getting checked in and they're like, we just had a guy that posted on Twitter. He doesn't have phone now. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was like, I don't know, man. He's uh, and and everybody's like, what the fuck do we do? How do we get him off his fucking phone? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. So that's when I posted. Like, he's having a reaction to meds, and just I don't know what's happening. I don't have any more answers. And then it was funny because then for like a whole day, even up until today, people have been like, uh, are you okay, Brian? I'm like, I didn't fucking do anything. <laughs> I was Brian. I did the goddamn show. I did the same show Sunday that I did the Sunday before and the Sunday before. <laughs> but, uh, you oh. know, it's good to have you back. Well, I got to tell you the story of pigs flying. Okay. I made a pig fly. Um, when okay. I was in, when I was in the hospital, I started going, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare, 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 Rama, Hare, Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. And I would go, <laughs> I would make this little bird noise. And this fucking cop, Strolls in. <laughs> hey, I thought, is there a bird in here? He was so, he was a fucking Opie, like so corny. He's like, is there a bird? I was like, no, no, I made that noise. And I was like, Phew. I told him and he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, officer, I'm here because on the 30, I, cause I, I was praying. And on the 31st, the police are going to shut down a homeless encampment 
where people are getting help and their lives are being changed. And I, I wanted to set up something to help prevent that from happening. And he got red faced and he kind of looked down at the ground and kind of kicked his shoe bashfully and just fucking walked away. Yeah, it sounds like the yeah. I mean, I pierced yeah. his fucking heart, man. I put, I, I made that pig fly. He found some spirit a little bit. He got a little bit of spirit inside of him. Okay. So then, yeah. So then I ended up there. So then I ended up at the behavior center, which was not that bad. I did a puzzle the whole time, which I would recommend to you. It's way cheaper than Legos. Yeah, I can't. I I know that it's way cheaper than Legos, but it's not Legos. But oh, I, I get love it. puzzles. I've been, I've sold three Lego sets, and I learned how to ship. Today it was the first time I shipped for less than fifty dollars. Yeah, so I didn't make some money today. I didn't make a little bit of money today. Re K two K thirteen as was it, it probably was medication related because I was taking my Benwell Butrin has been up and down, up and down. I took one fifty. It made me feel weird. I remember I said it kicked in immediately. Um, I kind of got a little. We, me and Rachel had some issues, and then I was like, "What is going on? I'm going to taper this off because I'm getting way too fucking intense." You know. And so I went down to 75 and I went to zero. And as soon as I went to zero, I was like, oh, I want to die again. I have to have Wellbutrin because I want to die if I don't have it. Yeah, we had kind of actually talked about. But it builds up in your system is what happens. Is yeah. That, and then, so I had a huge cup of dopamine just start fucking spilling over into my whole body, basically. Yeah, we had been talking about like we don't know about what the Wellbutrin dose was. I, I think somebody said it's like, ah, it's twice a day. And I was like. All right. I don't know what Wellbutrin does. My sister does. said it was nuts. She said, I can't believe he told you to do it twice a day. Well, that's because I said that to your sister. I was like, twice a day? When do you sleep? Yeah, I did. If it fucking speeds you up, you're not going to sleep. And when you don't sleep, yeah. then it makes you, you nuts. makes you mania. Yeah, mania it does. out. It does. See, I was getting four. I was like getting four to six hours of sleep a night. Um, and then I stayed up that whole night. And then I ended up. My picture is fucking hilarious. I'll share it on all the social media. I thought it was fine. And then I looked at that picture and was like, oh, buddy. Wow, you were, you were wrecked. You were out of it. Yeah. You were, I was, just, I was, I was aware of everything that happened. Well, I hate to say nuts. It wasn't psychotic. Now people are going to be like, Brian's calling Brett nuts. You're and, nuts. I'm nuts. I'm nuts. Right. Cowboy I'm butts. saying he's nuts. And, uh, uh, also this is his free show and I'm going to make fun of him when he talks about this stuff. Like Sunday, we're gonna move that down the road. Okay. So we can <laughs> joke around. About I'm fine. I'm not, it's not that serious. <laughs> I'm having, I'm fine. I'm just trying to tell what happened. I know. I know. Well, I was just saying from my point of view, it was basically a bunch of people telling me that they'd help me co-host the show, which was nice. Every one of you that offered, it was really nice. And and believe me, if it was going to be two or three weeks, I would have definitely been in your in your DMs because it was like all the people I do stuff with. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like uh, Chris and John and and Will and, and everybody kind of got a hold of me on that first day. And uh, I was like, it's fine. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to fucking, I'll do the show Sunday. And then we'll figure it out on Wednesday. And then we'll figure it out. I mean, it did wreak havoc with my, uh, uh, what's the word? I had like a backlog of shows, which very lucky you did this. Like right when I had a. Uh, Oh, everything was fortuitous. My sister, her job just ended and she got declined once. This is the perfect, she came in to town. It was the perfect time. Yeah, because oh, I, I was to my... like, I had three, I was three weeks ahead because I wanted to start recording the wrestling podcast. So when you weren't able to do the show Wednesday, I had a show to post in the thing. Now I'm not ahead anymore, but I will get back ahead sometime before I go on vacation, which, yeah. you know, I, I explained to them that I don't know who's going to be here. On uh, December or on September fourth, it might be nobody. 
But uh, that's the only time December I was ever going to take time. September 4th. Oh. That was the only time I was going to take a day off was when I go to Chicago. Um, but yeah, man, it was, uh, uh, I was worried. I was very scared. And then it was the worst part about the whole thing was like, you can't call there. Even if you have the number you call and then they're like, what's your name? And then he has to call you back. They can't just say, Hey, somebody's on the phone for you. And that ended up becoming like a whole and the fucking visiting hours. That was when I knew you were back because me and you talked on Monday night. We're on the phone. We're talking for like three or four minutes. And then all of a sudden we're bitching about the visiting hours together. Yeah. <laughs> it was like three 30 to four 30. That didn't fucking make any sense. Who the fuck can visit? And you're like, I know it's fucking bullshit. No, the whole, that whole place is provocation. It's, it's called the psych ward because they psych you out. Like the rules change quickly. Um, they, it's just, they're, they treat you like fucking children. Everybody there is miserable because they're getting talked to like they're a fucking kid. We were supposed to go to groups and shit and they didn't have enough staff to do groups. So we're just watching fucking TV all day. Uh, just a bunch of fucking wild animals watching TV and getting in scuffles and shit. They didn't even have you talking to anybody in there. We assumed you were talking to people all day. Oh, I, yeah, no, no. I, I made friends with everybody. I was the most popular. No, 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 I was no, the no, most we're popular talking about there. talking to doctors. And oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Because that's what we were. I had kind of my feeling on the whole fucking thing was, and it had frustrated me. And I kind of felt like something that had frustrated me was that for about six months, me and you have talked about you seeing somebody and every single time you tried you were cut off yeah. like every single time you tried to see a psych or a therapist you were cut off and they just weren't gonna do it yeah and then you fucking then I, like i know a friend of yours from back in the day that also has this same issue uh then you were like well i'll just do it online that's gotta be good and i just said like okay like I, I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but Jason had similar sort of things happen on Wellbutrin, right? Jason, I'm not being a dick. Similar, yeah, not, not, as extreme. not as intense. I but train my karate and my yoga shit. I get my yoga shit is on point right now. But but Jason had some of the similar stuff yeah. on Wellbutrin. And then people on uh, Adam, our buddy Adam from uh, uh, South Paul's. Uh -huh. He contacted me and said he had a friend that was on Wellbutrin that was walking around in the street with a gun in his hand saying that the mafia was going to come after him. Mm -hmm. And I just, I said this on the show and like, I'm not trying to fucking be like, I don't think I want the police to do this, but I honestly feel like it should be their responsibility to be checking on what is happening. If you don't call that person back, that shouldn't be like a license for them to be like, well, I guess it's going okay. You yeah, know what I mean? You're right, you're right. That's my problem with the whole thing is like, there should have been somebody calling you and harassing you to see how this medicine was working rather than just being like, well, yeah, just take it a couple times a day. Probably didn't tell. Cause I know that my doctor has never told me what time to take things. Right. So like I take my sleep medicine every single night at 10, it doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. If I'm at the movies and the movie starts at 10, I take my medicine at 10. I never, and I take, I get up at 10 30 every day. I take my medicine between, 
10.30 and noon every single day. I never miss my morning and my afternoon medicine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, my psychiatrist will give me four or five, four or five refills. And then I have to talk to her again to get my refills again. And since that's always been something that sat really wrong with me too, because if something goes, if I go off the rails, right. And, uh, uh, if I go off the rails, who, who's gonna, you can go off the rails from stopping taking these medicines that yeah. you can. So who's going to make sure I, I understand I have people in my life that could do this, but, but no. who's going to fucking make sure that I kept taking it? Who's even going to know if I stopped taking it? You know what I mean? Like I could hide that from fucking my wife and my daughter. I wouldn't have to tell them. I would just be like, ah, I'm feeling a little fucking off today. Yeah. You know? And I just feel like I know this medicine helps people because it has helped me. Like uh, it is ir immeasurably changed my fucking life. Like I sleep every night now and, and like, I, I'm not as nuts as I used to be period. And I understand that in my head. So, I make sure to keep up with the doctor appointments, but like, I also know that like, I'm kind of like an alcoholic in a way that like, uh, uh, I can always just, I'm just the type of guy that can just decide like this ain't working anymore. I'm out. Cause I was close. How to is that. that an alcoholic? Well, no, I'm saying that like, uh, uh, okay. I not an alcoholic. I'm saying <laughs> that I'm the type of guy that can decide out of nowhere. Like that I don't like something and then I'm just done. I haven't done that yet, but I did come really Cold close jerky. before ketamine. Yeah, I was coming really close before ketamine. That's why my therapist, I didn't say a lot of this, but my therapist told me to do ketamine because I said, I'm fucking, uh, I'm coming off all the drugs. Yeah. And he said, please don't do that. And I was like, well, please fucking do something then. You have to do something. And that's when he said, have you tried ketamine treatments? And that's when I finally fucking did it. And that's, that's how it got me there. Um, and you know, those are kind of a miracle too, but they don't, you know, obviously you can't get those unless you have $3,000. Yeah. So. But, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't know a lot of the stuff from when you were younger, obviously it's not like the type of stuff we talk about, but, yeah. uh, I was genuinely very worried and, uh, I was glad when, I was glad it made me feel very secure that you went without, I think like we didn't know what was going to happen that day. Right. Like not we, nobody listened to what I was saying that no more violence, no violence ever. The sword becomes the feather. Everyone's the Messiah. I'm not the Messiah. I would have been fine without it. I think. Sure. But we panicked. Sure. And it was scary. And it was scary to see the house and stuff like that. But hey, if you say you're okay, I'm fucking, I'm perfectly fine to have you back. I love having you back. Yeah. Well, so while I was in the clink, uh, they, it was, uh, I was so pissed because people were like, man, I've been up for 14 days off meth. That's how I ended up here. People were shooting eight balls of, 
of ice a day and shit. People doing all kinds of fentanyl. There was, and I was like, people were coming in fucking like half naked and shit. So I was giving away all my clothes. Like I gave people my shoes. I gave people my sweatpants because they had fucking nothing and nobody to help them, you know? And plus they were like free sweatpants that I got from you. So they didn't have clothes. No, they brought them there. So much people don't have families. Yeah. They had to wear paper fucking outfits. Well, they that. didn't have clothes at the place. No, no, they, no, no. All you get is a scrub, the paper scrub top. It's embarrassing. It looks that horrible. Sucks. That fucking sucks. But I was also there was a Terry there that was had was being targeted for selling drugs. They said that they stole drugs and that he thought he was going to be murdered. Um, I and this other Lisa, this crazy old lady that I love to death, um, we were like helping people find shelters and stuff to get to. And uh, I mean, I talked to everybody in there and got everybody's story. I fucking loved it. And I the reason I was there five days instead of three is because you have to get pink slipped for three days to get out. On my second day, I was asleep. They sneak in the room and they jab a fucking needle in my arm and take blood. And I scream at the top of my lungs, what the fuck? As loud as I fucking can. I probably would have done that too. By the way, I'm afraid Vampires. of Vampires. Yeah. I mean, this, and also the people there reveal the craziest shit. She was like, we call those the vampires. And I'm like, well, it would be nice to not be treated by a fucking vampire. You know, how about, <laughs> how about a, a Labrador retriever that will come and lick my face and wake me up and then fucking shoot me in the arm? You know, well, how much if somebody doesn't do that? It's, I know. And listen, for this is so fucked up too. So I went, I was like, hey, I need a fiber pill or a Metamucil or something. I haven't shit like in a day. And he's like, oh yeah, that food down there is horrible. It'll just bind you up. And I'm like, don't say that. Don't fucking say that from that side of the fucking desk, you asshole. Like, that's provocation. You want me to punch you. You should be punched for saying that shit. And this other woman, she did the same shit. I was like, I need another blanket. I'm fucking freezing. I'm a tiny guy that gets cold real easy. I have no meat on my fucking bones. And she's like, I'm sorry. I can't give you another blanket. Just what you're assigned. If I was here, I'd die. I'd be dying. It's so cold. And I was like, okay, bitch, I get it. Whatever. Fuck you. And then there was people there. There was people that went in, came in after me. There was somebody that said the weather, they controlled all the weather. Like they would come up and be like, do you guys see, I did that today. It's a good day. They point out the fucking sun. They point at rainbows and shit. And that person got out before me. Well, did they go to a place though? Yeah. They went, they went to an extended place. Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess that's why. Cause I was going back to the streets. Maybe why they just kept You're me coming on. back to us. But they counted those outbursts as like against me. There was also, um, yeah, there was so much, it was fucking wild. It was wild. So then the second time that I got my pink slip was, um, two nights ago, they gave me Seroquel, which is crazy because the first night I took it, I had reckless leg. It felt like somebody grabbed me by the ankles and flung me into the fucking air. And I was just seeing storm clouds. It was like looking at the inside of my brain. I was just saw like in those like bio biological movies, like student teaching for like medicine and shit. It just looked like I was just watching clouds like in swirl in my face. And then I kept grabbing. I kept like feel like I was falling and kicking my leg. But then the next night I was sleeping like a goddamn baby. This is the first night I got over seven hours of sleep. Um, halfway through the night, there's this sound that's going cuckoos, 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 cuckoos. It's one of those like push bars on those doors, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Then all of a sudden, boop, 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 boop. Someone comes in and flips all my lights up and down. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I scream it again. And it sounds like a fucking war zone outside. It sounds like Tasmanian devil outside. And it's fucking wild. And I'm looking around for something happening and it's on the intercom. Somebody on another floor was on the intercom and then a patient like wrestled the phone from them. So it was just like people fighting for the phone and people <laughs> just fighting. And it was so fucking loud. It sucked. 
Yeah, it sounds bad. It definitely sounds like was, not a good place to be. I got a lot out of it. The food was actually good. I was surprised. I did eat some chicken while I was there because I had no fucking too. option. I said, my sister, I said to my sister, I said I ate chicken today. And she's like, oh, yeah, is that against your religion? And I was like, no, fish and fowl don't have souls. <laughs> she, she actually, I'll show you the text after you said that because I ended up getting that text from yeah. her. So I was like, that's a, I'm I'm saying this before we get out of here, because we're getting out of here. I got to get home. I'm starving. Uh, That, well, not starving, literally. Brett just looked at me like, you're not starving. I'm like, well, I haven't eaten. So I'm hungry and I got to get home. Uh, uh, But yeah, yeah. She would text me. I was with your, I was talking to your sister the whole time. Like that whole entire time. She did. She's great. She found me on Twitter. To, well, Damn. I'm not find me. I'm like, like I just acted like she tracked me down. I'm like the easiest. If she just goes to your page, she yeah. just had to click one link to get to me. Right. But uh, she found me on Twitter and, and you know, uh, uh, felt pretty secure. Like uh, uh, I, I, you know, we kind of, I, I checked every day. I checked in, not every, well, I did check every day. God damn. Sunday I took, I, I felt so guilty because I didn't call on Sunday because I was just like, I am so fucking tired right now and I got to do the show. And uh, I was just, it was one of those things. Cause I had, I'll say this, I, I, I really got to eat. So we're leaving in just a second. Uh, I felt an immense amount of guilt because uh, you had texted me on Saturday and said, you wanted to talk to me about a religious experience. And I, I felt like shit that Sunday and we were supposed to record remote and I'd been sleeping all day. And I just said, uh, no, let's just do a remote. I'm tired. I'm very tired. Uh, because I think I've been, I'm going to say this. I think I've been dehydrating myself every two days is my, uh, uh, thing I think is happening to me. How does that, how does that happen? Every two days I don't drink enough water. So one day, you overcome I'm all day on the water. I am nuts about water. I've already had two of these today, mm. right? I'm crazy about water. Tomorrow, I probably won't drink no water all day. I probably won't even drink one of these. Mm-hmm. And so then that goes on for a while, maybe more than one day if it's not super hot outside. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sick. That I think that's like all those times we thought I had COVID maybe. I think that's what it was. A hundred percent. None of us ever thought you had COVID. No, I thought I had <laughs> I COVID. Saying. When I was taking all the tests <laughs> and you had, or I forget, when I was had contact with people with COVID uh, and then I thought I was having COVID and I was taking the test and I kept coming up negative and then saying like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have it. Yeah. I think it's uh, because it happened in the spring when it's less hot. And I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess like I just need somebody to fucking... I'm going to get on an IV situation. Okay. I think I'm going to get on an IV situation where if they have it, it's in Grandview. They have them in Grandview. Right. But what I need them to do is is let you have the pole. No, that's not walk. No, that's not what I need them to do is I need them to want I want all the water for the day. No, I just want all the water for the day at one in one drip. I just want to get there. I want all the water for the whole day. And then I want to go home and not have to worry about the water anymore. Okay. That's my fucking dream. That is what I need. And then that's I a crazy dream. That's like, that's it's a dream. Cause it's not reality. It could be reality. <laughs> that this is not, this is true though, because it goes right in you. You know what I mean? And no. they could just give you all the fucking water. 
At, is, it, is it hard to drink it? Why don't you drink it like medicine? <sighs> just, I just take it like medicine. I just take a 16-ounce glass, gulp it. I'll even let it splash all over my face, but I just take it like medicine when I get up. I always just feel like... I don't like it. You know what I mean? Stop. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I do, I do sacred ceremony. Like I do ceremonies you. on water now, so no, not at all. Oh, yeah, there was an Icelandic witch in there, too. Oh, yeah. That okay. did all kinds of spells and shit, would like purify water in the window and leave like little treats and stuff for me. Oh. But I helped the staff because they were calling her the wrong fucking name the whole time and she was getting mad. And I was like, stop calling her that fucking name. That's not her fucking name. <laughs> Why were they calling her the wrong name? Just. Because that was one on her paper. That was her paper uh, name. Yeah, her Christian name or whatever. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, that, see, people have street names. People have different aliases. Like, yeah. Also, finally, thing, one thing. Um, my dad came to visit, which I, I could not fucking believe. Well, when I heard he was coming to visit, I heard he was picking you up. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then I talked to you on the phone. I was like, hey, man, I can get there and pick you up. And you were like, uh, this is how I knew I had Brett back. This is immediately when I knew you go. No, I kind of want him to pick me up. I want to hear how he has to say. <laughs> and I was like, this motherfucker's mining content already. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Three days in. He's first, we're bitching with each other. And then you're like, I kind of want to hear what he has to say. And I was just like, oh, okay. This is just regular ass Brett. He's just crazy now. Like, he, he's no, just like this forever. Not really. I actually was feeling really bitter because on the day they told me, I w they told me on Sunday I wouldn't be out until Tuesday. And I got super fucking mad. And like, I didn't feel like people were driving past that place and not dropping cards off or doing anything for me, you know? Who's driving? Our friends. There's lots of friends yeah. that didn't even fucking acknowledge this thing happening, you know? And I don't have haterade about it, but when you're in a cage, it's easy yeah. to ruminate about throwing a brick through their fucking 500 I don't know who all knew, though. You know what I mean? Well, I guess they're not family then. Yeah. I mean, I, I told... Well, I'm not going to go into that. Why would I well, do that? On well, let me just say this. My dad said, my dad said every time I used to go to the county jail, I would bring four cartons of cigarettes. And they were like, Tom, why do you have Salem's and Marlboro's and all this? And he was like, you know fucking why. Yeah, so, Cool's, Newport's, Marlboro, yes. Red's, and Winston. Exactly. That's the fucking city. That's the ones. Yeah, Cool's, Newport's, Marlboro, Red, Winston. If you're ever going somewhere where people need cigarettes, that's the four. He also told me he knew this dude called The Wizard that made acid for the, for the mafia. And uh, he had a big, long uh, tie-dye leather coat with fringe all over it. And he was just called the wizard. <laughs> and he yeah. told me that he used to go to, he, I, this was really sweet. Like my dad has gotten so much better at, with age. Uh, Bell Hooks talks about it in that book. Uh, it's way easier for guys when they're grandpas to be lovers, you know, instead of just my, worrying my, about my, the fucking house, all the worrying about house payments and bills and shit. And my stepdad, my stepdad was like that. He was, he was fucking awful to me. And uh, he's my daughter's favorite grandparent period yeah. he just he's dead but he was like your yeah. favorite and it was devastating i i fucking spent most of my life saying i wish he was fucking i wish he was dead yeah. you know what i mean so yeah and uh he also told me he used to drive people to aa meetings like he said people would be like i go to this fucking aa meeting for court and he was like well just go and they're like i don't want to fucking go it's like just do it so you don't have to worry about the fucking police and he said he would take people to aa he said aa was boring but he liked going to na meetings because they had the best stories and someone would show up super fucking high on like angel dust or he said someone came in with after eating four quaaludes and they were all like you're doing Doing fine everybody slips up and he's up there and just like slurring on fucking quaaludes i told you i probably haven't told you this because this happened before we even knew each other but when i went to rehab i went to i had to go to aa meetings for a period of time and uh the one i went to was in my neighborhood so i was like ah it's probably like white ladies yeah you know what i mean Every, i went four times and there was a fight 
a physical fist fight at all four of the meetings <laughs> I went to. And I was like, I don't know what I'm learning here yeah. other than I like this. And then guys would come in trash too. Yes. But the fist fights were just like, they would just be fucking sitting there. Like it wasn't even like anything to fight about. I it know. was literally guys would just be fucking like, I'm going to fuck you up and I then fight. Yeah. I said what I said. Well, I said what I said. And then it's just, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 It was all, it was, it was crazy. Um, it was good. It was fun. I felt good. I really appreciate it. I'm not mad that I got sent there. Uh, it did help me work out a lot of stuff. And I do kind of feel like I'm on like a permanent acid trip right now. Oh. Like I feel very in the moment and uh, it's awesome. So I think I want to set up a meeting at that dry bar in town, maybe for wrestling. I'll let y'all know about it. Um, please feel free to reach out. Um, yeah. Also the bell hook shit, something else. The day before my transformation, Rachel read that book, Love on Vacation. And it said that oftentimes care is confused for love and that parents will say, I bought things for you. We have a house, we have a car. I did all this. I love you, but that's not what love is. And that made me burst out crying thinking about Charlotte because I've been so stressed about just having enough money to make the house come together that I've really been working all the time and really haven't paying attention to her. So I started like, I sat down in animal crossing and we played for like hours. We did this stuff. And she looked at me two times and said, dad, I love you. Like just unwarranted. And I never, she never does that. She always talks about how much she loves her mom and misses her mom and all that bullshit. But like, I finally broke free of the barriers of judgment and everything and I'm able to be present with my daughter and she fucking loves it plus she likes to see me win the lottery by chanting at the fucking spongebob machine sure she yeah. thought that was fucking awesome well that is street fight for this basement show we will be back sunday talking to people on the phone and uh that should be fun right and that's when i address my enemies okay for real this time this sunday this sunday you will hear me and i will play uh actually yeah next week we got some stuff. We got a TikTok. We got the Lego story. Fun. Uh, new Lego scam Ugh. dropped. A what? Lego oh, scam? You were in the place, right? So all the oh. local newspapers in town were reporting that this guy was doing some kind of Lego. Some kind of thing with barcodes. Mm -hmm. He got busted. But he was wearing a mask. So they have pictures of him plastered all over the internet. Mask guy looks like every other guy. He looks like me. Yeah. I mean, actually, people said, "Is this you?" To me, and it could have looked like me. Yeah. Um, I don't know the barcode scam. I wish I did. I want to make sure I get all the stories in here. This is only going to be two of them, but this was the ultimate test of patience in there because I literally met a patient that a white woman that used the N word around me, and I heard her do it once, and I heard her do it twice, and she has a black husband. I don't care what their fucking relationship is. I just said. I said, please treat me like I'm any other black person in here because I know that you don't say that when they're around. Yeah. So treat me as if I'm black today, you know? Yeah. And then another dude was like, hey, hey, man, you like uh, you like racist jokes? And I was like, no, not really. He's like, <laughs> I, I'll laugh at anything, man. They're just funny. I was like, do you have any about white people? And he was like, uh, he was like, he does the one. What's the difference between a pizza and a black guy? And I'm like, I just sigh. Then he says the the jew one about the pizzas and i finish it for him and i'm like dude these are like so antiquated and stupid they're not even funny these are horrible so then i said here's one for you what do you call a white guy with a tan a wheat cracker <laughs> that's one i made up <laughs> well, because there's I not mean, jokes about white up. people yeah we have to make them any. up well yeah it, most of the jokes about white people are actually like really funny like white guys walk like this yeah you know what i mean which i love those i've always been a fan my parents would always be like, why do you watch these black comedians make fun of white people? And I was like, because 
I mean, why wouldn't I? I watch white bees make fun of black people. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's enjoyable. All right. Well, we'll see you on Sunday. Peace. I got to eat. Well, I've seen Jesus play with flames in a lake of fire that I was standing in. Met the devil in Seattle, spent nine months inside the lion's den. I met Booty yet another time, he showed me a glowing light within. But I swear God is there every time I stare to the eyes of my best friend. Says my son, it's all been done, someday gonna wake up old and gray. Go and try and have some fun Showing what for everyone to meet and greet and cheat along the way There's a gateway in our minds that leads somewhere out there Far beyond this plane We're reptile aliens made alive Cut you open and pull out all your pain Turtles all the way.